Okay, so Ryan Tov, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasviros. We begin at the 22nd Ma'amar on page Shin Tes Vav. And the topic is the, the esoteric concepts of Or Makif, the surrounding light, for Or Panimi, and the inner light. Okay, and there's another big fundamental understanding in the Torah of the Arizal. And these two concepts of the surrounding and inner light is similar in concept to an idea of the soul and the body that we've explained in the past. We said there are five levels of the soul and the level, the lower levels of nefesh and ruach reside within the body and the parts of neshama that's found beyond the head and it sparks into the head and it influences and brings a light into the person. And the higher levels of Chayin Yechida are totally outside the person and surround him as well. So the point being, the parts of the soul that are Nefesh and Ruach, that's the aspect of the Or Panimi, the inner light. Okay, that's the light of the soul that is suited within the boundaries of the body, resides in the body in a constrained way to the extent that the body is able to receive that amount of soul. But the part of the soul, certainly of uh, Chaya and Yechida, certainly, or really Neshama Chaya and Yechida, they are much loftier parts and they reside surrounding the person, so to speak. And uh, because of their influence, a person has greater yearnings to grow more. That's the general concept. We'll explain it all in detail. So just like a person has an orpinimi, the inner light, which is the effect of the two lowest levels of soul, nefesh and ruach, that fills inside, so to the world in general has this or panimi, this inner light, okay? And just like the person has a light from beyond, so to the world has a light from beyond, all right? So, uh, and that's how the whole world is dealt with. It's the way the human being is dealt with. The Jewish people are dealt with in this way. Uh, then in footnote Aleph, he brings from the Leshem, great Kabbalists, he says the, uh, the benefits of these surrounding lights is the inner light is very constrained to fit into the body and to the utensil that's there, and there's no <clears throat> pushback, so to speak. They always are able to unify within themselves uh, and each one works together, so to speak. Okay. And therefore, the activities of the inner light <clears throat> of the soul is through the body. And what the body can do is through the inner soul. They work together, so to speak. However, uh, we've got uh, much higher levels of light, which are way too great for the person. It's not able to accept that light in the present state. 
So we'll see more about this as he continues. But what? Again, this is effective because the Kli is not big for him to That's work. right. It's too big to enter into the Kli. So, again, and this, the Leshem explains, explains two ways of God's conduct in the world. Sometimes God illuminates a light inside the world, and the whole world changes its nature, such as the splitting of the sea, where the nature itself changed. And that's the, what we call the or penimi, the inner light that Hashem put in so much light, more than the world could handle, and that causes a miraculous reality because there's too much light inside. Instead of breaking the Kli, so to speak, well, it does break, things happen that just don't happen. And that's what we call a miracle. So when there's more light going into the, the Orpinimi that it can handle, then all of a sudden the sea splits. That's, so the miracles that we see is from the Orpinimi, the inner light, where too much goes in. When you have a normal amount of inner light, that's called nature. When too much light goes in, that changes the nature. Then we have another aspect of the surrounding life where the nature stays exactly the way it is, it doesn't change. But Hashem, who is the place of all existence, he elevates that whole plane to conduct itself within the natural way, but a way that you cannot notice the miracles. As he'll explain this all shortly. So even though everything seems to be the same, and the laws of nature don't change, but they act on a higher level, which we still have to explain. So a nace, a miracle that gets into the orpanimi, the inner light, is what we call a change of nature. A miracle of the ormaki, the surrounding one, he calls bitol hateva, nullifying nature. We'll have to see change of nature, versus nullifying of nature, which we'll have to explain what that means. But it's two totally different types of miracles. So what does he mean by bitol hateva, a, a nullification of the nature? He gives three examples of this. The Leshem brings. Number one, the Gemara says that the Ark had no measurement because we know the holiest of holies was 20 amas wide. And there was 10 amas between the wall and the Aaron on both sides. And the Aaron obviously took a place, but the Aaron didn't take up any space. Now, it comes out, it didn't take any physical place, so you didn't see a change in nature, but the laws of nature were just nullified. In other words, somehow that ark was sitting in there and anybody who was in there would see it sitting in there. And it's not that there was anything fantastic going on, but it's how did we fit 23 amas in 20 amas? Or another example he brings. We know when the Jews, one of the miracles when they were in the temple, they were in the temple mount, it was packed like crazy. Every could bend down and would have room. 
So nobody really saw a miracle. It's just everybody was able to do it. So, so how did that happen? The laws of nature were nullified, not changed. Okay, or the third one, Avram Avinu gets thrown in the fiery furnace. So what happens, it wasn't a miracle per se, it's just the fire didn't have an effect on him. The fire was there, but the fire was nullified. Okay, uh, when Rabbi Hanina Bendosa told his daughter to light with vinegar instead of oil, the laws of nature were nullified. As opposed to the splitting of the sea, it wasn't anything nullified. It was something that just can't happen. You know, how about a flying elephant? That, that, that changes the nature. The nature of water is to flow. Water does not split in half. Okay, so the, so the nature is still there, but it's changed. Okay, the other cases, the nature hasn't changed. It's just been totally nullified. The fire is still fire. The fire was there. It just, the nature of the fire was nullified. It just doesn't burn anymore. Uh, vinegar doesn't light, and now vinegar does light. That's all. And that comes, so when Hashem, because Hashem uh, subjugates nature for the ultimate desire of Hashem. So even though you don't always see these things, these are really bigger miracles, even though we don't really see a change in the nature because it is nullified to Hashem's higher will. So basically what we're saying is the revealed miracles come from the inner light and the hidden miracles come from the surrounding light. Okay, surrounding light means Hashem is able to support all of creation and the creation finds itself in God's realm. So when Hashem uses our concepts, okay, so, uh, so therefore it's, it's, it's just being nullified in, in its place. So he gives another example. For example, the Satmarav talked about the great miracles that happened in the Six-Day War. People said, lots of miracles. He said, no, that a bigger miracle is how the Jews uh, are able to um, uh, marry with one another. <laughs> how are they able to marry each other? They should not be getting along. That's what I thought I was getting. Should not be getting along. But it just instead of not getting along, they just get along. So that's that's not an overt miracle, but that you know, so that's you know, but you don't see it at all. Everything seems normal, but you got to know that that's got to be an overt miracle. So let's talk about the Purim story. Which light is the Purim story? Inner light or outer light? Outer light. Outer light. Why? Because nothing happened miraculous. But the whole world just elevated itself to God's realm. Now, you know, usually certain things happen. Right? Usually certain things happen. Like, since when does the king kill his wife because she doesn't come to the party? Yeah. That's, 
that's that's not miraculous but why did he do that ah because it had to fit into god's higher plan so in other words Achishverish's desires were nullified what he normally do was nullified okay and so many other times that's also happened at the giving of the torah where the world didn't change at all but the truth of creation was revealed that all of the world is subjugated to the Torah. You don't have to have a change. The nature stayed as it will, but it, it becomes nullified to that reality. And this, it brings down on the Ramban, the difference in the names of Hashem, of Ani, when it says to Moshe, he says to the patriarchs, I was referred to as Kale. Shin Dalid Yud Sha die. While to you, I'll be Yud Hey Vav Hey. So what's the difference? So Ramban explains the word Shin Dalid Yud comes from the word Shodate, which is a robber, which means to to be victorious and to change the events in the heaven. That shows a lot of Gvura from Hashem. And it's able to make changes from above. And therefore, that is what creates the hidden miracles. The hidden miracles that a person is saved from death. He can survive even though he's hungry. He get redeemed in war from a slave, a sword. All the miracles that happened to Avram and the patriarchs. All the things that Hashem promised us in Parshish B'chugosai. All the things that will happen, although they're very unusual, but it's still not out of the usual. It all fits somehow into the nature. The rains come just at the right time. The rains don't come at the right time. The enemies happen to be afraid of us. The enemies are not afraid of us. So the world doesn't change, but Hashem is making the whole world nullify itself before Hashem, where things just... What's going on? Why are these things happening, so to speak? It's unusual to see that a Nanju wouldn't want to kill me. You're working down a dark street full of Arabs. You got to keep on and nobody's touching you. Now, what's going Did anything out of nature happen? No. But what happened is their nature became nullified to Hashem. And instead of them all wanting to kill you, the nature is to kill. they just decide not to. Okay. And uh, uh, that was with the patriarchs. I mean, I, I won a war. He won a war against millions. Okay, he won a war. He was able to, you know, these uh, scenes from all these uh, like Indiana Jones scenes where he's able to kill every guy that's trying to kill him. Everyone, not once does he get hit. Not once does he get killed. You can't say that's a miracle out of the nature. But he's darn lucky he kills 50 in a row and no one can touch him. So that would be, so that's like Avram, all those quote-unquote miracles with Avram, it was just nature nullified itself to Hashem. And therefore the fire just didn't burn him. That's all. There wasn't a miracle. Hashem didn't change everything. Just the fire at this, the fire was burning. Change the nature of fire, right, right? The nature of fire became subjugated to Hashem. It became nullified before Hashem. That same fire could burn other things at the same time. The same fire burned the ropes that Avram was tied with. 
but didn't burn Avram. So he didn't change the nature. The fire was still doing fire. It just didn't happen to, to hit him. While the miracles that happened in the story of the Exodus, the ten plagues, going to see, that's the inner light. That's where there's mamish a change. Water does not turn into blood. Right? Animals, um, frogs do not multiply. Okay? Hail does not come in fire and in water at the same time. That doesn't happen. All those things, that, that's not nature. That's nature has changed for that. Now, each one, so you could say, well, what is the greater miracle? The greater miracle is the surrounding light. Why? Because the nature nullifies itself to Hashem. Aye, but the other one gets more attention. Because Hashem changed the nature. Well, changed nature is interesting, but that all stayed within, just to put in a lot more light inside. We get excited about that because it's not normal. But when Hashem does the miracle of, so what? So when they ask the um, the Yaivas, what's the greatest miracle that happened in the history of the world? He says the greatest miracle is the survival of Jewish people. And what miracles did you see? The miracles that were still of people that are around, not necessarily any amazing, not the splitting of the sea. All those things are well. Hashem just changed nature. But to nullify nature, and at critical points in time, everything just happens to work out right, so often. Now, why does Hashem do the other miracles? Some of oh, the Jews were in Egypt, they're amongst idol worshippers. They needed solid proof to see that there is a God. So Hashem says, okay, I'll intervene, I'll change nature to show you that I am the God, and that is, now you have no more doubts about me. But the, and that will strengthen your amuna when you see that. This other form is much more subtle. You don't get blown away so much by the Purim story as the Pesach story. But the truth is, the much deeper um, affect of Hashem is the Purim story. That the whole world is bending to Hashem's knees without us even noticing a thing. Okay, so that's the difference. Now, so that's the surrounding light where everything, okay, so now we'll, we'll take it to the next, so where things can nullify themselves to God's reality versus the inner light where things change in their reality. So now, how does this apply to the avoda of a person in his avoda session? So Leshem explains like this. The outer light draws a person to a higher place than where he finds himself. Because the outer light is on higher levels. It's beyond what the person is capable. Okay? But it, it, it resides around you and you're aware of it and that's a very much bigger light that's inside of you. So therefore, in other words, you're feeling a spiritual pulling that's beyond what you can do. That's beyond you. So what does that do? It draws you to that, to try to do things that are beyond what you can do, and then you get to the point where you achieve it. Once you achieve it, that's the inner light that now goes inside of you, okay? And that creates a virtuous circle. 
In other words, why don't we just stay the same Jews that we are? Well, Hashem provides us certain holidays, for example, that have a big surrounding light. And now you see there's a lot more to what I feel my relationship with Hashem is than what's internalized. So there has, this is what we would call a spiritual stimulus that's beyond what you're capable of absorbing. But you see it, it's out there. So let's say the fellow who is, has a certain level of spirituality, but he can't keep Shabbos yet. So what happens? You invite, he goes on a Shabbaton where he sees people keeping Shabbos. So what did we do? He now saw an Ormakif. He, he can't internalize that. He can't keep Shabbos. He's not able to. For whatever reasons inside where his soul is not ready to handle that. But he sees it. That's the Ormakif. He says, boy, I really wish I could keep Shabbos. Okay, then he has to take baby steps to bring it in. And over time, that light now is able to come inside. And all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but after lots of time, the light now is inside of him. It's an inseparable part of who he is, and it influences, and, and, your, and your body is ready to handle that. Now what happens? Hashem gives you another layer of light that's beyond what you can grab. And this is the virtuous circle that goes over and over and over. As long, and that gives the person the ability to grow. That's where growth comes from. Now, a person has to be looking for that Or HaMakif. The Or HaMakif is always there. But you have to be aware that there's an Or HaMakif and you have to long for that Or HaMakif and sense that Or HaMakif. When you sense it and you could say, well, that is too beyond me, that's fine, but you're able to, what do you gotta do? What do you gotta do? Make the clee bigger. Got to make the clee bigger. Got to work on certain meadows. Change a little bit so you can internalize that light. With this, now he explains another very interesting uh, Gemara that's based on a pasuk of Tehillim. Tehillim says, and we say it every Friday night, Ki you have commanded, he commanded his, his angels to accompany you and to guard you in all your ways. The Rizal said, that's a reference to the Or Hamakif that surrounds a person and guards him that he should be able to ascend. And that's why the Gemara often says that a person, an Adam, a slay mazle, has a mazel. Sometimes he can't tell something, but his mazel can tell. So what does that mean? It's the Or Hamakif that's around the person. There's something that relates to you, but it's beyond you, and you can't quite put your finger on it. And sometimes you just decide to do something spiritual that you normally wouldn't do. I don't, why'd you, I don't know. But it, 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 for some reason, I was pulled in that direction. Well, you can do it once, you're gonna do it again. That's another story, so that's that idea there, yeah? Well, once again, short, briefly, surrounding light, the energy of Hashem that's beyond you, that is it's much more difficult for you to relate to. It's more than what you're able to handle, but it's there. While the Orpanimi is the light that's inside that you can handle. So in our Avodas Hashem, let's put it this way. If we all look at ourselves, go back 10 years ago, how much spiritual light could you take? Much less than you were taking now. How do you now have more light? 
where did it come from? It was surrounding you. It's always been surrounding you, but you were made aware of that was surrounding you. And now you wanted to integrate that. Now that light is inside of you now, isn't it? That light of enjoying Shabbos. It's inside, it's a light that's inside of you and it fits exactly what your body is. <coughs> What's gonna be 10 years from now? We hope the, the Or HaMakif that's around you is gonna guide you that 10 years from now, you'll have more light inside again. So just like when Hashem, and therefore there's certain parts of Hashem's reality that is in the world that is understandable to us, in the world itself, and there's things, concepts beyond that we can't understand. And that's how Hashem conducts the world, sometimes changing the or hapdimi that creates overt miracles, more than what the system can handle. Sometimes he does these more concealed miracles, which are really greater miracles, where the world nullifies its nature before Hashem. Now, now we come to a very important point. What now, based on this, we can understand the difference between learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. We have to figure which light are we talking about. So the Vilna Gaon says, the Torah is the inner light, and the mitzvahs is the outer light. What? Well, why would you think the other way? This one things you're doing that are integrated with the world. I mean, yeah, but it's, but it's done outside your body. Yeah. What? Where? Where is the interaction of Torah happening? Inside your brain. So when you're learning Torah, light's going into you. Doing a mitzvah, it's outside of you, and therefore it's possible to do. Far is greater then. Well, we'll see. Well, uh, it, now you get to a certain kind of uh, irony over here. Yeah. So he explains like this. He says the Torah applies to the inner light because when the person learns Torah, the essence of the Torah and what the person thinks and understands, that information becomes a part of the person's brain. You learn concepts of emuna. First you say, I, I, I cannot believe that what I do at work doesn't have anything to do with how much money I make. I can't accept that idea. Okay, you work on that. Years and years, that's Chachmah. It integrates into your brain. It becomes the light is inside your brain now. Okay, but the mitzvah is the surrounding light because you don't have a real permanent connection with a mitzvah. It doesn't enter you. You put on tefillin, it doesn't go into you. It's something you're doing outside. So you're doing with your external part in the action part. And what you're doing is you're trying to draw or connect to a light that is higher that will eventually make you holier. And that's why we always say before mitzvah, Asher kiddushanu b'mitzvah Hashem sanctifies us with his mitzvah. Okay, but you're bringing the light to surround you. It's surrounding you. And you could feel good that uh, I'm being surrounded by a very holy aura that's there, but I haven't necessarily got it inside of me. That's, that's the big difference between the two. And the Tanya speaks extensively about this. So we got about two, three minutes to go over a little bit of the Tanya, who says these ideas exactly. He says, 
when a person is trying to understand a certain halacha, mishnah, gemara, to know it clearly, what's happening? Your brain is being um, exposed to all this understanding at this time. And you're thinking about it more, you're understanding what's the will of Hashem, and you begin to understand what's gonna happen if Ruvain and Shimon are having a debate as to who's the owner of this talus and this and that, and that becomes integrated into my wealth in Shang, okay? And therefore, that is the will of Hashem, that this should be the reality. And now that I've learned this, and now I will be in a, in a situation, I think of it the way Hashem would think about it. And that now is totally part of who I am. Okay? And, uh, and that's more than just n- knowing ideas of Torah. Just knowing ideas of Torah doesn't mean it's inside you. You gotta work on it, you gotta work on it. You hear a lot of ideas, but it doesn't mean I, I believe it. I, it, it, it's been internalized into my brain. That doesn't always happen. And sometimes all it is, it's, it's around you, but it doesn't really go in. And therefore, knowledge of Torah is called, mystically, bread. It is sustenance of the soul. Just like physical bread sustains the body when it goes into the body, and it now becomes, the bread becomes blood and flesh. So knowledge of Torah, it, of, 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 that elevates the soul of the person with his mind, that now becomes part of his mind. And just like Torah is food of your brain, your brain now becomes a smarter brain. It's got, it's got Hashem's light inside your brain. Okay, so that is clearly a much higher level that you have over there. While doing the mitzvah, it's outside. It's outside, it's, it's nice. There must be something amazing going on out there. But it's beyond what I can even fathom. To really understand what's going on when you do a mitzvah and how you're connected to the higher worlds and all these other things. And uh, that's why you don't it's interesting, so he asks a question, how come some people when they're learning Torah don't feel this great dvekas? So the answer is because they're too engrossed in the physical pleasures of the light. So they're not able to feel it. Sometimes you could be into so many, that's why let's say a guy's in yeshiva, he's learning Torah, but at night he watches uh, Netflix. So he's constantly feeding his body, body talk. So now, even though the Torah is going into his brain, but the body's screaming louder than the brain is screaming. It's in there. And when he goes to the next world, it'll come out. But if you got too much body focus, even though the light is there, but there's so much more darkness that's inside of me. And that's why you can't always feel it. Okay. However, the mitzvahs that you're doing, that is something that you're, you're not really integrating it into you, so to speak. It's something I'm doing outside. It's connecting to a major light, but that light is way beyond what I'm able to handle. And it's a good thing that's out there, and it's something maybe I will one day come closer to. Okay, we have to continue this idea. He's In the next few pages, he goes into more detail between Torah and mitzvahs over here. We also learned that learning is more important than 